Good morning once again, everybody. Good to see you. Good to have you here. Before I get started, uh, we are going to have to say goodbye this Sunday to one of our very best. So I wanted us to take a moment, make sure you understood what was going on, and that we would take a moment to pray for David and Brooke Hughes. Would you come on up here? They are transitioning. David has been on staff with us uh, for a little over five years and uh, just came out of Anderson University, just came out of college and, and we began this journey together and uh, you were a little more green uh, back there than you are now. But David has been serving as our student ministry pastor and uh, it, it, he has um, been significant in the lives of, uh, of my kids, for which I'll forever be thankful, forever, uh, just that over these past five years, uh, you know, uh, my kids uh, love you. In fact, they, they, the past few weeks when this has walked out, they've, they're, 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 they're pretty hurt. They're pretty upset. In fact, quite hurt, quite mad and hurt that you're moving on. You, you have to carry that with you for the rest of your lives. But... Um, <laughs> But very thankful for that. So uh, David and Brooke have felt called to, uh, David's going to be the family pastor, and you're going to do worship uh, and music at a, at a church that is closer to David's family in Springfield, Missouri, um, which is, they're going to actually live right across the street from Homer and Marge Simpson. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> so who wouldn't want to do that? But, uh, but uh, I thought we would take a moment here uh, this morning to, uh, to send them off. There will be a, a reception, a gathering time for those of you who did not have an opportunity to uh, say a thank you to them. Because I know they've touched not just my kids, but hundreds of kids' lives in our community. Many of your kids have been uh, touched by their ministry here. So I thought we'd take a moment to pray for them. And uh, after this service, you can um, slip over into the student ministry area to, uh, to uh, say thanks to them if, uh, if that if you have the time to do that. So would you bow your heads and pray with me? Father, I'm thankful for David and Brooke. I'm thankful for the consistent character that they have, uh, they have modeled during their time here, that, uh, that uh, trust was there at the beginning, but it just grew over the five years and with no reason for it not to. And so I thank you for their character. I thank you for the influence and the role that they have played here in this church, in this community for a number of years. Father, we pray a blessing on, on them as they head into this next season of ministry. I pray that, that David would find a new gear of ministry, that he came here and learned a number of things, but God, as you take him into this new place, that, that you would allow him to, to experience something even, even greater and more fresh. And so I thank you that Brooke is, is taking this opportunity to be a part of the church staff as well. Pray that you'd bless them and their beautiful little boy, Everett, as they make this move. In Christ's name we pray, amen. 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 Thank you guys. It's exciting and it's also uh, difficult. So, um, but we are we are uh, sending off our very best with David and Brooke. Hey, let me ask you: when when you have a great story to tell, 
Why is it that when you're gathering with a group of people, you're at dinner, you're at a gathering, some kind of party, whatever, why is it that when you're finished telling your great story, that there's often somebody around there who has a one-up story? That, that you're done with yours and somebody said, oh yeah, well that's nothing. Let me tell you what happened to me. Da, 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 da. Why is it that somebody wants to jump in with another story? Or why is it that if you call your parents and they're living in a different state or in a different, different part of the world, whatever, um, and they just, they just continue to want to find things that they want to talk about. You feel like you're done with the conversation, but they want to give you all the details about a conversation they had with their neighbor uh, the, the day before, and you'll never meet that neighbor. You don't even know what's going on, but they want to unload all of this information. Why is it that they want to do that over the phone? Because everybody wants to be heard. Why is it that that if you're in a, a conversation with somebody and you kind of feel like there's a natural wrap-up to it, there's, there's kind of this natural social thing to think, okay, I think we're done here. I think we're good. And then, but the other person doesn't seem to get that little hint that you're there. And so, so you start to drop a few of the other nonverbals to say that you're done. And so you stand up and little stretch, little yawn, maybe pull out your car keys, jingle them a little bit, head toward the door, whatever. But they just keep on talking. Why is it that some people don't see those signals? Why is it that our kids don't see clear signals that you're busy? And so they come up and they say, mommy, daddy, mommy, daddy. And, and you just can't, can't you see that I'm busy? Why is it that in, in marriage conversations, sometimes it starts off so, so um, trouble-free. It's just a little conversation, and then it, and then it starts to go into a, a little bit more. And somehow you find yourselves fighting, and you just, you just started sitting down talking about something. You don't even know how you got there. Because we want to be heard, and it hurts to not feel heard. Everybody wants to be heard. Tears for Fears had it wrong. It's not that everybody wants to rule the world. Everybody wants to be heard. And the reality is that we're walking around desperately longing for somebody to listen to us. We'll pay hundreds of dollars for a professional to sit down and listen to us for an hour. Because we are longing to be heard. Most of us have so many things in our minds and in our hearts, words that we want to say, and no one to truly listen to them. This morning we're talking about our role as listeners. That the series, Words of Wisdom, is about communication. It's about how we use words with one another. That there are senders in the communication and there are receivers. Last week we talked about our role as sender. That we have a job as senders, as those who initiate conversations with other people, to sit down and say, okay, we, we, here's something we gotta talk about. That, that our role is to seek improvement in that conversation, not victory. Can we get out of this conversation with something better instead of somebody having won? Because our natural tendency in so many areas of life is we wanna win. We wanna go in, we wanna win. But the reality is, if I win and you lose in a conversation, we lose. That's what we talked about last week. And so this week we're talking about the role of the, the sender. Somebody else has initiated a conversation and now it's our job to receive that, to listen and respond and, and, and to the one who, who wants to be heard. And this role that we're talking about today, this is a more difficult role than the role of the sender because the sender gets to pre-think their plan. 
The sender has an issue or has something that, they, that he or she wants to talk about. So the sender can think about it. They can write it out. They can, they can pray about it. They can prepare for that moment. And they can get in and they say, there's something I want to talk to you about. They're ready. They're prepared. But the receiver often has no idea it's coming. They're like a little bunny rabbit in the forest. Do, 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 do. And then the thing comes out. And they, a receiver has to be ready at all times. A receiver has to be ready even when they, they're, 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 they're not prepared to be ready. It's a more difficult role. We have to be ready at all times for whatever things come at us. It is a difficult role to be the receiver. And so, so what happens is we're just, we're, just, we're just walking through life and the circumstances uh, come before us and a sender comes out and they have something to say and then we have to be, we have to be ready for it. And the reality is the problem with our, our role as receivers is that, is that listening is like driving. Most of us think we're really good at it, but in reality, we're not nearly as good as we think we are. We think if somebody asked you, are you a good listener? Yeah, I'm a good listener. I'm a good listener. But what happens so often is somebody sends a message, and as we're listening, we, we, there's a physiological thing that happens to us, especially if the target is us, and we're being addressed somewhere. We're being challenged with something. We're being challenged with it, and physiologically, we, we can get warm inside. And we can just kind of start to, to, there's a natural thing to jump in. It's, that's not true. That's not right. We can jump in and we can correct. We can, or we can, da, 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 da. I don't want to hear that because you're not, you're speaking whatever. And just so you know, that's not good listening. It's not good listening skills. The, the whole finger in the ear, it's not good. Or maybe you're not, maybe you're not three. Maybe you have a better response in listening. But what, what I'm confident you can relate to, if somebody sends a message to you and it's challenging, what happens is halfway through the message, we stop listening and we start formulating what we're going to say. And so we start to outline what our, what, our, what, our, what our response is. And so we stop listening to the words that are happening there. Okay, I'm gonna say this and then that. I'll, my conclusion will start with the phrase, and we'll kind of formulate what we're gonna say, and then we're just waiting for the person to take a pause, to take a breath. And we're just, we're just waiting, we're waiting. And, and they can see that we're waiting, and so they don't want to pause, so they just kind of repeat themselves and keep on going around. And then we're just kind of, we're just kind of dancing on this thing, and we're, we're not listening anymore. We're just ready to jump in with a response. And what is supposed to be a sender sending a message and a receiver receiving a message, and then a sender sending a message and a receiver receiving a message, instead of that, what happens is it's a sender, do, 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 do. And then a sender, do, 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 do. And then a sender, and then a sender, and then a sender, and then a sender. And the whole thing, instead of anyone receiving any information, it's just senders going back and forth and back and forth. The forward plan for the sender is seek improvement, not victory. The forward plan for the receiver is prove that you understand. That's the role. That's, that's our role as receiver, as listeners. Prove that you understand, and you can't do that if you stop listening and start fabricating your own response. Prove that you understand while you're, while you're listening. And this is not a new concept. This is not new by any means. For those of you who are familiar with uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly 
successful people or whatever that thing is, one of those habits is, is seek first to understand, then to be understood. It's one of the seven habits. So that's where it all started was with Steve. No, wait a minute. No, it started earlier than that, this whole concept and the importance of understanding and listening. You can go eight back 800 years to the famous prayer of St. Francis of Assisi, who, say, who says, O divine master, grant that I may not seek to be understood, but to understand, Francis says, 800 years ago. You know, you could even go back further than that. Thousands of years ago to where Solomon, one of the kings of Israel, the writer of the book of Proverbs, writes this in, in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 13. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. It's been around forever. This is not new. And it's not rocket science. But we don't do it. We don't do it. We think we do it well, but we don't. The tragedy, the reality is that many of our fights, our breakups, our divorces, our tension at work, many of our, our long-term fan, family issues where I'm never going to speak to her again, I'm never going to talk to him again, they're simply a result of, of us not listening to one another. At some point in the journey, somebody or both stopped listening. That's the tragedy of this, of this whole deal. Everybody wants to be heard. Everybody wants to be heard. This flows into the New Testament, this, the importance of this idea. James is the younger brother of Jesus. I want to make sure you, under, I want to make sure you understand that. James, the writer of, of one of the books in the New Testament, he was the little brother of the Messiah. Could you imagine that? Can you imagine growing up as Jesus' little brother? What would it take for your, for your older brother to make you believe that he was the Messiah. I mean, that is an un, un, unfathomable, but he came to believe that. He didn't believe at first, but later on he came to believe, he became a leader in the church, and he wrote a, a short, uh, pungent book in the New Testament, the book of James, and in chapter one of that book, he says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. This is not new stuff. It's, this has been around forever that when we get challenged on something, when we're in the role of receiver, that that anger just, just boils up. And it's going to happen. The anger is going to be there. The issue is what we choose to do with it. If we poorly listen and we just pounce back, that's the problem. James says we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, Quick to listen, slow to speak. I know some of you have participated in our words of wisdom chalkboards in the lobby and written some thoughts on there. And you may have seen on one of those boards, somebody wrote, I think on week one, they wrote, two ears, one mouth, use proportionately. <laughs> they didn't even know where we're going in this series. One of you wrote this on there. Very good. This is good stuff. This is what, this is what James is saying. Open these and close this. Sometimes I, I like to refer to it as the shut up principle. It, it can be really helpful. Just, just close your mouth. It's a good place to start. 
It's a good place to start, but it's not enough. It's not enough to simply, to simply sit and, and close your mouth and nod your head every once in a while and think, are you done? Are you done? Are you done? It's not enough to just, to, just, to just kind of sit there and not speak because our role at the end is to prove to that person that we understood what they were saying. And if we're fading off somewhere else at the end, they go, so what do you think? And you go, ah, you might get caught. You can't prove that you understood if you stopped listening somewhere in there. But our role is to prove that we understand. It's this phrase that we often make fun of, but it's a very real phrase and a very powerful phrase. It's this, it's this idea at the end of somebody sending a message that our first response, instead of all the natural things we want to say, that our first response is, what I hear you saying is dot, dot, dot. It's hard to do that, but let me just, and again, we can make fun of it. What I hear you saying is, make fun of it all you want. I don't care how much you make fun of it. It works. It works. Because one of two things happen when we use that phrase. We say, what I hear you saying is dot, 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 dot. Either we get it wrong the person says, no, that's not, really, that's not really what's going on. Then they take the opportunity to explain it again and say it again, which is what they really need to do. They need to know that you've heard them. So if you say it wrong, they're not going to be offended. They're going to say, no, okay, let's, let me try this again. And maybe it's a longer conversation than what you wanted it to be, but it's an incredibly powerful thing. That's the worst case scenario is that you get it wrong. The best case scenario is you get it right. And if you've never sat in front of somebody and said, what I hear you saying is dot, 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 and, and, and watch them light up when you get it right, you're missing out. It is an incredible thing because it happens so rarely in our culture for us to say, what I hear you saying is da, 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 da. And if they, they kind of go, they're kind of surprised and shocked. But yeah, that's, act, that's actually exactly what I'm trying to communicate. It's a powerful thing. Everybody wants to be heard. Everybody. My daughter is 14 years old now. And when she was nine months, uh, she was having a little issue at, the, at her high top table at dinner. And, and so I pulled out a camera because I love to do that. You know, when, when kids are struggling, it's a real, okay, let's capture this, you know. And, and so I captured, this is an unedited video from over 13 years ago with my daughter. Check this out. So Lila, what I hear you saying is da, 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 da. Is that right? That makes you feel better? That's called admissible evidence right there. That, that, that's really what she just wanted to be heard. Everybody wants to be heard. We don't want to be fixed. We don't want to be tolerated. We don't want to be pitied. We want to be heard. And it's our role as, as truth tellers as followers of Christ and our interactions with one another, consistent throughout Scripture, it is our role to prove that we understand, to listen so well that the other person just kind of goes, okay, now we can move on. 
<laughs> Otherwise, we just keep spinning because nobody's listening and we just keep spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning. Last week when I talked about the role of sender, I offered three suggestions, three ideas, three layups, just to kind of help kind of paint a picture of what this might look like. Take it or leave it. See if any of these are helpful or whatever. I did five little layups last week with the role of sender. So this morning, I want to give five little layups with the role of receiver. And that's it. Five little uh, suggestions, and then we're done. You can go and have brunch. All will be well here this morning. First one is this. As we're thinking through, prove that you understand is careful with problem solving. There's a natural tendency, particularly for those of us of the male gender, that when we have one of these conversations, there's a natural tendency to just say, okay, I'm going to, there's, there's something to be fixed. I'm going to solve the problem. And it can come from a, a great place, from a place of love to say, I, I'm, I'm listening to you. So now it's my opportunity to fix you. It can come, it can go, but we need to be careful with this thing. That, that sometimes we guys, we think if I'm going to tolerate all of this talking, I got to at least have something to fix at the end of it. <laughs> but the reality is that people, that most of us, you know, at times we, we, don't, we don't need to be fixed. We need to be heard. And it is, it's, a, it's an important uh, it's an important part. I, I learned this wonderfully when, when Tammy and I were newly married. And I remember periodically she would wake up in the middle of the night and she would say, she would say, my stomach hurts. She would wake me up, you know, I'd be in dead sleep and my stomach hurts. And so I go, okay, I'm a loving husband. So I'd get out of bed and turn on the bathroom light and, and ask her questions about what she ate for dinner and how late did she eat and, and how often has she been eating those foods and what's going on. And I'd, I'd rummage through the, 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 the cupboards and try to figure out what the pharmaceutical response is to this situation and, and, and do all of that. And, and it was after a, a months, years that I, that I realized what she really wants in the middle of the night when she says, my stomach hurts, is for me to say, oh, I'm, I'm sorry that your stomach hurts. And that's it. <laughs> so let me, let me just tell you, this is a huge win for me. This is a, I can be a loving husband, a more loving husband, and I don't even have to open my eyes. I got wake up, oh, I'm so sorry that your stomach hurts. Pause, pause. I'll go back to bed. I mean, it's just, just, just maybe, maybe they don't need us to fix the problem all, all the time. That we prove that we understand. And then once, there's, once we prove to each other that we're listening, we understand, then we can talk about problem solving, maybe. I think it's helpful at times if you're in a conversation with somebody you care about and you, you do want to help, just, just to say at some point, maybe near the end of the conversation, you know, and the end of the, the message that is sent, just to say, do you, do you want me to help you solve something here, or are you? Or do you just want me to listen? That I've never found that question to be offensive. And then the other person can think about it and make sure you're on the right track, so you're not you're not solving a problem that the person doesn't want you to solve. Because sometimes we just we just want to be heard. Another uh, suggestion is to be careful with assuming that you understand. The only thing worse than solving a problem is solving the wrong problem. So we have a conversation with somebody, and halfway through, uh, we're sharing, and halfway through, someone says, someone says, I get it, I get it, I get it. And you say, well, no, you, you don't get it, because I'm not done. I'm still talking. And they say, you don't need to finish. And they put, they put their finger on your lips. <laughs> you don't need to finish. And you're going, 
yeah, I need to finish. That's not a, and that just, that's just, they just assume that they understand what's going on. Have you ever experienced grief or loss? And someone says, I know exactly how you feel. This is, a, this is a natural and often loving thought to say to somebody at a funeral or if they've lost somebody. But I have found it's not helpful. Because when we say, when we say, I know exactly how you feel, what we really mean is, I know exactly how I feel. And what we're doing when we do that is we're, we're trying to project our own stuff into that. And we want to start talking about ourselves. I know exactly how you feel. Because one time when I, da, 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 da. And we just cut them off. When the reality is the most honoring thing that we can do is just, is just close our mouth. And here's the, here again where that phrase is, is what I hear you saying is, da, da, da. It's just this, the power of that is to say, I'm not going to assume I understand what's going on or how, or how you feel or what the issue is. So I'm going to ask. I'm gonna, I'm, I want to find out. I want to prove to you. First of all, I'm interested in listening well. And then I want to prove to you that, that I've, I've, I'm trying, that I really want to understand. To answer without listening, Solomon said thousands of years ago, is folly and shame. It's not a good plan. It doesn't work. It hurts. It spirals. Third idea is to be careful with these. Careful with these in our role of, yeah, I know, I, I know we know all this, we know this, but, but, but there's a tendency for us to, you know, so we're listening. Mm-hmm, yeah? Oh yeah, tell me more, tell me all the details. And the best thing to do in that situation, the most powerful, it's gonna be a powerful message to somebody, is if it rings, if it buzzes, and you're in a conversation with somebody, turn it off without even looking. Do <gasps> you think you could do that? Do you think you could just, somebody's, and it rings, and you just go click, and you just put it aside. Oh, don't you need to get that? I'm not even gonna look at it. Because when we go, when we look at it, then we kind of go, okay, which one? But when we look at it, then we're making a decision. And oftentimes, people are nice in our culture, and people are nice, and, and typically, what do they say? They say, go ahead and get that. Go, that's fine, go ahead and get that but they don't mean it, right? I mean, it's like when, you're, when, you're, when your wife, gentlemen, when your wife says to you, you don't need to buy me a birthday present anymore. They can say that a thousand times, but they don't mean it. Trust me, I figured that one out. It's just, it's just one of those things. It can be an incredibly powerful thing to just set it aside. I know it's so alluring and you just, you gotta find out. You gotta find out what's going on at Buzz. You gotta make sure you're keeping up to, up to, up to speed, up to date. Let me just give you, let me just give you a little, little bit of, uh, I'm gonna play the role of truth teller with you all here today. This is the role of truth teller. Buckle up. You and I, we're just not that important. Sorry. We're just not that important that when somebody is having this kind of conversation with us that we need to check what's going on. Unless you are an on-call surgeon or you're, wife is eight months pregnant, you don't need to take the call right then. You don't need to check the text or whatever. Just set it aside. What a, what a powerful message to the person who's saying, yeah, yeah, I'm proving to you that I'm with you. I'm proving to you with my actions here. Nonverbals are so powerful. And it's not just phones. It's every part of our body. We communicate with our body. 
whether or not we're actually listening with our eyes, with our facial expression, with our posture, with our arms. We can either say, are you done? You know, with our body, kind of leaning back and crossing everything we have. <laughs> or we can, we can communicate with our whole body. I'm, I'm, I'm nowhere else but here. I'm with you right now. Okay, fourth one. Careful with the facts. You ever had a conversation with somebody and maybe it starts off with the sender saying, okay, last Thursday when we were at the Smiths, it it really bothered me when you, and then you jump in and you say, oh, excuse me, excuse me. We weren't at the Smiths last Thursday. And then they say, well, Yes, we were, and what I'm saying, no, we weren't. We were not at the Smiths last Sunday. Well, yes, we were, but that's not the point of what I'm trying to say to you. Well, I I know it's probably not your point, but I'm just saying it wasn't on Thursday because it was on Wednesday that we went to the Smiths because I got off work early to make sure we weren't going to be late when we went to this. And you're having this big old fight. You haven't even got to the point of the conversation. Anybody, anybody relate to any of that? That sometimes the facts, they just, they just kind of, what happens is we start to think, well, the facts aren't right. So this whole testimony is inadmissible. We, we, we start to think that, you know, it's pro, I'm just proven that the facts aren't correct, and we think the judge is just going to come in and just going to say, yeah, we're going to have to, this, uh, this, uh, this witness is not a viable witness, and so I rule in favor of the defendant, and, and case closed, you win. And we're just, yes, good, I don't even have to listen to this anymore. And so, so the facts, they can trip us up. This might be hard. This might be hard for some of us, but, but sometimes the facts are completely irrelevant. On more than one occasion over the years, my wife has said to me, Alan, I don't feel that you love me right now. I know that you're committed to me and to our family, but I don't feel that you love me. Ouch. So I have a tendency in those conversations. We have our place where we have our conversations and we're sitting in our chairs. And my natural response with that is to lay out tremendous amount of facts so that she would think, well, obviously you love me now that I see all of this. I did this on Tuesday and I said this on Wednesday and I didn't say this when I wanted to say this and so here's more facts. that are here right in front of you and I bought this and I didn't buy this and and all this is laid out. Case closed. Sometimes the facts are completely irrelevant because there's always a very real feeling even behind inaccurate facts. And our role as receivers is not to bring precision and accuracy to the message, it's to understand the message. And so even if the facts are kind of loose or, you know, you're kind of wondering, where where are we going with all this? There's a real person and a real feeling behind that. And that's really, that's really the heart of it, the core of it. Fifth, final little layout thought idea is, is to be careful with the heart of the sender. That if you're, if you're surprised, if you're, you know, in, invited into a conversation as a receiver, 
Just remember that the sender often has had a whole journey that brought him or her to the place where they're going to have a conversation with you. And even if it is the, the, the most difficult of conversations, you might feel, as we've been talking about, angry or maybe if, you know, if, if it's, a, if it's a, an honest and, and very real relationship, which hopefully we're having with one another, with friends, with accountability people, with our spouses, with our kids, and it's a very real, open, and honest conversation, and something really difficult is put on the table, we might feel angry or repulsed. But we need to be mindful of the heart of the sender. We need to be mindful of how courageous it was for the sender to bring that to the table. And we want to continue the openness and honesty in the relationship so that we can have this conversation again another time about some other issue maybe that you have to bring to the table. And so let's be mindful of the heart of the sender and we might feel a certain way just to go, okay, an incredibly powerful thing in those moments is to start, no matter how, much you, how you feel, is to start by saying thank you. I, I know that was hard. That's, that's being mindful of the heart of the sender. Thank you for trusting me. Thank you for bringing this up. All right, now let's get after it. Let's talk about it. Or it could be that the sender is, is, is not a good communicator. So the sender is, is bringing something up in a very unfair, judgmental, attacking way. Not the ways we talked about last week. But remember what I said last week. We don't have control over how other people communicate with us. All we have control over is, is our own words of wisdom. And so we don't have control over what happens with other people. And you might get completely blasted with someone. That doesn't mean we say, hey, if they sent the message poorly, then I don't have to listen well. We don't get to say that. Our role as truth teller is to blow them away with grace and kindness. We can blow them away. They come and they attack us. And even in the midst of that, we still say, so what I hear you saying, and we walk it out, it'll blow them away. On the way in, um, hopefully you received one of the little cookies. And uh, for those of you who, if you haven't opened it yet, you can open it later, you can, or if you've already opened it, uh, those cookies have one of three messages in them. And they're messages from, uh, little uh, phrases from each of the messages in the Words of Wisdom series. It either says, go directly to the source. We don't gossip, we don't talk about other, with other folks, we go directly to the person. Or it says in the role of the sender, seek improvement, not victory. Or it says in the role of the receiver, Prove that you understand. Which message does the fortune cookie world have for you today? <laughs> it could be on this whole series, it could be that some of you are thinking, yeah, I can't, I can't do that. that that's not me. <laughs> I, I've tried that before and I can't do that. If we land on that in terms of, of communicating well, being healthy truth tellers, we might as well just say, yeah, I'm not interested in healthy relationships. I'm not interested in loving people. Here's the great news. You can learn this stuff. You can learn this stuff. You could be 65 years old and, and never having thought about this stuff before and just thinking, and this could be the first time that you jump into this. You can learn this stuff. Just give it a shot. Think about the people that you love most in the world. Don't they deserve for you to to 
Seek the wisdom of Solomon who said to answer without listening, that's folly and shame. Or to seek the wisdom of James who said, who said be, be, be quick to listen and slow to speak. Aren't they, don't they deserve us giving this stuff a, a try? Let me just tell you, I really believe it. This will change your relationships. We start communicating this way, it will change your life. That's why I'm so excited about this, uh, about this stuff. I wanna pray with you and then we'll, uh, we'll send you out. Father, I thank you once again that, that this is not new information. This is not, this is not clever or fresh. This is, at, this is at the very heart of your wisdom for us that we would love one another by communicating well. So Father, I pray that whatever relationship or scenario or struggle or fight that has, been, uh, that has been brought to our minds here today, God, that you would allow us to leave this place and be inspired by you and, the, and your Holy Spirit for us to, to send messages well and to receive them well so that others will be blessed and loved and, and God, that you would get the glory for all of that. I pray that you truly would move us to make a difference in terms of how we communicate. We pray in the name of your son, Jesus, amen.